When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me. Uh, I've got an exciting one for you this week. So, no surprises there. My guest is comedian, actor, writer, and musical artist Jabuki, who spoke to me about his spark, The Drums' second album, Portamento. As we all know, it is very fun for me when guests want to talk about something that I am also into, and I really like the drums. So this was indeed very fun for me. Will it be fun for you, though? Now that is the question. And the answer is, of course. Do you really think that I would present anything to you that wasn't fun? Really? You know me better than that. Anyway, let's do it! Quick Jabuki facts. Chicago native Jabuki Young White is best known as a stand-up comedian, but also for his TV writing on Big Mouth and American Vandal, his stint as a correspondent on The Daily Show, acting roles in projects including Black Mirror, Come On, Come On, Rap Shit, and Only Murders in the Building, and for several Twitter suspensions following impersonations of CNN, Donald Trump, and the FBI. Amazing. But after Interscope CEO John Janik heard some scrapped songs Jabuki had worked on for a project paying homage to the late Juice World, and then discovered that he'd banked dozens of demos he recorded at a home studio he built himself, Janik drew up a record deal. The result is... All Who Can't Hear Must Feel, an entirely self-produced record that reflects Jabuki's Jamaican heritage and explores a jaw-dropping range of musical genres from shoegaze to experimental-slash-industrial hip-hop to slacker rock to hyper-pop to drill and more. All Who Can't Hear Must Feel is out right now, which means you should listen to it, doesn't it? Quick Portamento facts. Portamento is the second studio album by indie pop band The Drums, released in 2011. The band recorded the album quickly, self-producing, and often laying down tracks spontaneously in singer Johnny Pierce's kitchen. The album title has deeper meaning for Pierce and his relationship with co-founding member Jacob Graham. As he describes it, Jacob and I, meeting as young boys who shared love for Kraftwerk and Anything Box and Wendy Carlos, and these were all synth pioneers. 
and a common feature on old analog systems was Portamento. The album's release coincided with Pierce coming out publicly as queer and the band's acrimonious split with guitarist Adam Kessler. And there you have it. Onwards and upwards and ever forwards, here comes my chat with Jabuki about Portamento. Do you remember hearing Portamento for the first time or getting turned on to it? So I got turned on to the drums from this site. Um, it might have been called Taste Kid. And it was like you inserted a band that you like or a movie that you like or something that you like. And it just recommended a bunch of other things that were similar to said thing. This was maybe like 2010, right? This was before everything was algorithmically driven. So it was novel back then. You had to like actually scour for shit. Um, whereas like now you have to run from recommendations of whatever the thing is you just uh, consume. But I remember I got put on the self-titled, uh, their first project, The Drums by The Drums, and loved it. There was something about it that just felt so true to what I was going through at the time. Like being, it just felt like it was hitting all the emotional notes of being like a queer young person. And then I so loved the first project. Then Blue second project comes out. And I think that this might've been in like the early days of Spotify. And I remember being like, oh, whoa. Let me see what this is. Truly, every song pertained to something that I was like immediately going through at that time. Like I was going through this big breakup at that time. And I just remember it was like so devastating, like first heartbreak kind of stuff. And I just remember hearing those songs and almost feeling like I was in a Truman show kind of like, okay, who is, who's been following me? Who's been watching me? Um, am I really this obvious? Like, I just felt like found out in a way um, that felt good. I just felt seen um, in a way that I was not um, engaging with in other medium, specifically like music at that time. Then I remember Johnny like publicly came out after and I was like well that's why <laughs> mm -hmm. like oh of course like that's why I was so like identifying with these things and it's not like there was really nothing explicit about it which is what I think was so beautiful not in that it was restraining itself but just that it felt so lived in and unassuming that even to this day, sometimes I feel like we still don't get that with queer entertainment and like queer music, queer art. I think now because queer people have emerged as a very lucrative demographic, um, there's a lot of things that like want the stamp of like branding, like I am insert label here. So mm -hmm. that means anyone who is insert label here will love this because I am speaking to you. Whereas Portamento specifically, even before I get into like the sounds and like any specificities of it, that just felt like I'm simply just saying what it is. Like I'm just relaying something that 
I've channeled something that I've experienced and just passing it on to you without any assumptions of who you are and what you are and any of those things. It just felt so effortless and like, I don't know. I, it, it really is one of the most like fundamental, like when people do that whole, like listen to these projects and you'll understand me or whatever. That is one of my cornerstone projects. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, when the first drums album came out, I was living in London and like, they were much bigger in Britain than in, in this country. And were yeah. like, you know, on the cover of enemy and very cool, like kind of, um, maybe it didn't get quite the attention that like the strokes got when their first album came out, but it was that kind of like this, this is a band on the rise. Right. And the way that like, I loved that album, but to me it was just like, this is a bunch of straight boys singing like, uh, you know, queer people don't sing about surfing, do they? <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I had that same kind of, you know, it's like, I, I, listen to music that straight people make um i'm an ally in that way but uh (laughs) uh it was i had the same kind of experience when johnny came out it's like ah twist that's it like right and uh it wasn't like i suddenly felt like oh i was missing all this queer coded stuff and how did i you know i mean sometimes for a queer person i feel like i don't have the best gaydar um but yeah, it, uh, it, that feeling, exactly what you said, that it's like, especially at that time, especially around the time for these first two albums, it felt much more like if you wanted to be an out queer artist, it meant being the, you know, uh, Elton John in a sequined coat and that you were supposed to read queer to everyone all the time. And that there was something wrong with your the representation if you weren't uh you know exuding queerness not just to other uh you know signaling queerness to other queer people but to straight people as well that it was like you had uh, it it was equivalent to still being closeted if you weren't constantly broadcasting your queerness to everyone and it's like duh queer people can have the same everyday problems that everyone else in the world has and you don't have to say, I went with my boyfriend to a gay bar every right. you know, line to be able to talk about your experience. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that it's not necessarily that I think there's something fundamentally wrong with that. I feel like both are valid 100%. Totally. It's yeah. just like when calling into question what queer art is lauded and what queer art is looked at as being representative of queer art which happens way too much like Mm. we're never like this is one of the best straight movies of all time (laughs) yeah yeah i do want to kind of make that list though like i do want to (laughs) start like thinking of like this is that's such a amazing straight movie um i i I was gonna say fight club but that's like one of the gayest movies um (laughs) yeah yeah i i think um just underlining the fact that so many of those things that are lauded are contextualizing themselves within a straight gaze or like within, mm-hmm. which is a funny phrase, but like it's for the straight consumer or like always keeping an ear out to like what they're looking for um, in terms of like see. And I've even like experienced that with, you know, in terms of people consuming what I've done. Um, 
and what gets responded to what people are less interested in, like those kinds of things. And I think the beauty of Portamento and, and what Johnny does in general is that he's just able to focus in on what it is that he's trying to communicate and how that resonates in the music and letting that be the guiding thing rather than like an outside um, force that you're like kind of performing like, is this good? Do you like this? Is this, is this like, I, I think those things are always um, like, I remember during the pandemic, there was a point in time where I was like, so talking to people, t- talking to my friends, like through screens and everything in person was just not communicating with people for like maybe a week or two, three weeks stretch or something. And I genuinely forgot the concept of being gay for a little bit. Like it, it, it it's not like I stopped, but it was just like, I didn't see anything. It, it's, it dissolved. Like the idea of the separation of like this being a specific thing kind of dissolved. And then when I, of course, like started going back out again, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then remembering and relearning so many of the ways that queerness is otherized in just like the smallest, tiniest day-to-day interactions, but just like those things that kind of point at and illuminate the much larger issue of, you know, I don't know, queer people being excluded or queerness being thought of as less than, like how it's placed on a hierarchy, that dissolved to me. And I feel like in art and in music and television and anything that can give you that level of transcendence where it just feels like the objective truth. It doesn't feel like it is even this other thing. It's just that's what it is. And this is what you're engaging with right now. I'm always super responsive to stuff like that. Yeah. And Portamento knocks that out of the park. Yeah. And I think uh, in some ways, uh, especially for the first few albums, I think in maybe he has become a bit more explicitly queer in the way he presents himself and his style, um, sometimes in the music, the artwork for the albums. But um, this album, you know, it was the first album when he was out and it was still like, uh, you know, people knew that he was gay, but he was talking about tons of different things. It wasn't like, um, you know, his, his queerness was a part. It was like, you know, the intersection between religion and queerness and talking about the way he grew up and the way the band was formed and all that stuff. But also just like talking about um, the drummer leaving the band and talking shit about him and, you know, all these other things that are just part of being in a band or part of being a person in the world and everyday issues. So yeah, that kind of balance of not doing what he had done before, which was like intentionally dodging questions about queerness or... Um, you know, he said, I, I haven't seen any real evidence of this in, in interviews, but he said he actually lied and told people that he was straight. The one, you know, famous interview, it's like he kind of went, oh, uh, don't ask that question. Th- that stuff doesn't matter. Right, right, um, right. But uh, yeah, just that the feeling of freedom that comes with being who you are and not having to lie about it or hide it, but also having that to just be a part of what's going on and in the mix of all of the things that he's talking about and um, also just like great music. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, the other thing I, uh, this is like kind I mean, it, it relates to stuff that was uh, talked about, like, you know, book of Re- revelation and 
particular, um, but talking about his kind of Pentecostal upbringing, like growing up in uh, upstate New York. And one thing that I read that when he was talking about his upbringing, he's like describing how religious his family were. And his mom used to bake a cake, a birthday cake for Jesus on Christmas. <laughs> and they would sing happy birthday to Jesus as part of their Christmas celebrations. Like he's like, we were full on religious freaks. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. I, I, um, got a chance. I met Johnny and like have since I become friends, but I first met Johnny at, Life is Beautiful Festival in Las Vegas and like got to talk to him specifically about that. That was something that I was so interested in because I went to Catholic school growing up. And then on top of that, my family was non-denominational. So I was like Catholic school, going to theology every single day and then going to Bible study on Wednesday, going to church on Sunday. Like there was just so much Jesus constantly, constantly, constantly. And I remember like walking through the halls, listening to this project, like on my way to theology class. And um, even just like the line, I've seen the world and there's no heaven and no hell. Like totally something like that at a time where I was just so drowned in religious imagery. Like it, it's just like a, it felt like a hand on the other side reaching out and Clearly, I'm so indoctrinated that even in that metaphor, I'm like referencing the fucking Michelangelo painting of like God and the <laughs> and the guy. But <laughs> like, even just that just felt like right. This there's something on the other side of this, and that was another thing that was just so baked into the music. Where it's like, um, this yeah, Book of Revelation. Clearly, there's like a religious thing to it, but there was just something that was so rich and lived in and like, if you know, you know, a, a kind of thing that was so amazing. I mean, and even just like the soundscape of the project felt so um, like swirling and like expansive, but also like cool kind of feeling. And being in Chicago, that was like that during the winter at a Catholic school, nothing hit harder than that. That was like the perfect in a, in a Chicago suburban Catholic school in mid January. That's the best setting to listen to this album. I, I have not found a better setting to listen to this album yet. It was so good. Time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here, but we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
Also, another interesting thing, I'm just like, I pulled up the track list just so I could look at it again. And I remembered I didn't listen to this on Spotify first. First, I listened. I like ripped it somewhere. Sorry, Johnny. But I did rip this. <laughs> and um, I remember in the cold, like it would start. It was like, I just did there in the cold. And it would do like a DJ reverse spin, like a remix version. <laughs> and it did that like a few times. And I remember listening to that being like, oh, whoa, he like really went like with a hip hop influence on this song. That's like really cool. And then um, that is not the version on Spotify. And I do kind of miss that the the run it back version. So, yeah, maybe maybe I maybe I need to ask him to collab on that. Just send me the MP3 and I could just like do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, have you heard? Um what is it called? Mommy, don't spank me. Is that it? The there's like a an album of B sides and yes. stuff um, from around that time. Yeah, and there's remixes on that. There's remixes of Money that are like uh, dance music producers who've uh, remixed it, and it's interesting just hearing like different a different interpretation. And instead of being like a remix that just chops up bits of the song and kind of mixes them in with something that's completely different, it's a bit more of a um, literal translation just adding like a different uh backing track kind of but it's it, it's interesting it's out it sounds um yeah not like a different song but just uh yeah a different way of hearing it or something um but what you were saying about like i, I grew up in the twin cities the midwest winter thing especially when it's like uh, kind of yearning for open space like yeah feeling like you cannot leave buildings mm. and there's something about the production of these songs that it's that uh you know he's he's referenced like 60s girl groups like the shangri-las and stuff like that where it's this kind of echo effect everything feels like you know like you're in a cave or something like there's you know uh, this this feeling of openness right um that uh the kind of echoes bouncing off the walls and stuff and that's what it feels like to me too that it's like it, uh kind of freeing yes that's you hit on another thing that I really love about Johnny's music and asked him about when I first met him. But it's like the spin on Americana that he has and like all of these like you listen to his music and it sounds so American in the sense that it's like you get so much like Beach Boys mm -hmm. like that that era where it's like, of course, like especially when you hear Johnny's upbringing and his backstory I think one of the most brilliant things is that the music is so great on its own and then you learn about him and you're like oh this was you just translating everything that you've experienced so effectively into this medium where it's like actually now I sort of hear that like you listen to some of these songs and it's like yeah this is a guy who used to sing happy birthday to Jesus like it that, like that level of especially as a uh, queer person like the level of detachment that you have from that like sincere display of like bleeding heart christianity when you know like five minutes ago they were telling you that you were going to go to hell and like you were experiencing so much violence by that same construct and then they just switch over to singing happy birthday to jesus there's like something so absurd and like campy about that mm. that I, I feel like that detachment from Christianity from like Americana from all of those things kind of created the toolbox that Johnny just pulls from in his music and recontextualizes these things in a way that shifts it from being these painful or oppressive sort of structures and memories into something that 
he has control over and he's been able to like find joy in i feel like that's so inspirational as an artist in like any medium yeah yeah and i guess uh having the experience of growing up in a house you know he said he did not feel any love when he was growing up that it was a very harsh environment to grow up in especially as a queer kid you know his parents like joined anti-gay protests his mother successfully campaigned to have the entire queer section of a bookstore removed um like really fucked up shit i did not even know that and then on top of that being so religious that it wasn't just about queerness it was about secularism so no secular music in the house at all when he was growing up right right so thinking about drawing all of these influences from music that was around before his time when it was this uphill battle to hear anything that wasn't about jesus but like you said this kind of uh push pull between the serious and the silly the campy whatever that even on this album you know having book of revelations say you know i believe when you die you die so let me love you tonight this like very heartfelt talking about religion and basically saying let's live in the now there isn't anything else and then i want to buy you something but i don't have any money (laughs) right yeah Um, yeah so uh and that's life you know it's uh it's there are things that are very serious there are things that are horrible and hurtful and there are also really happy times and there are really silly things and um so it kind of just runs the gamut of the, the human experience yeah in one little album in one little album one can only hope to accomplish yeah it's i i need to do another like i've been bouncing around and listening to this again like in preparation but i need to do another like full sit down undivided attention listen um it, it man the other thing too is like some of these projects i was talking to johnny about this like johnny has released a project <laughs> that has met me exactly when it needed to meet me like abysmal thoughts he released right when i moved to la and that is essentially like his la album portamento is off the back of a breakup like uh, there's just been so much that i don't know it's like johnny is built into the infrastructure of my coming of age like anytime i have a big coming of age moment there's johnny right there like new album He's been stalking me and taking notes and releasing an album that's going to speak to exactly <laughs> what I'm going through at that moment. So I'm excited for his next one. I'm like, I I, I like got to listen to it and was like, yeah, yeah, you did it again. You fucking did it again. So, I mean, you know, if I, I guess this is a pretty pivotal point in your life as well. So, you know, you've got uh, he's he's chasing around. It's it is your fault for letting him into your life. You're only going to make it worse for yourself. That's true. That's true. And it's so clever of him to like get closer to me by getting me to interview him on a podcast. Like that was that was pretty smart. Like he's playing the long game. Mm-hmm. He's playing the long game. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um I uh, also I mean I think getting, you know, talking about the we've talked about the lyrics a lot and that kind of uh content, but more about the music. There's that 60s beach boys girl group surf guitar kind of edge to it but there are lots of comparisons to like uh joy division and new order and there's that kind of like it's openness but it's also this kind of uh, sparseness it's like 
I mean, you know, this goes back to the surf guitar feeling, but it, it does also feel to me like sitting on a beach, like a kind of bleak, like maybe overcast day on a beach yes. by yourself, a little bit windy. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like self-titled, the first album is like a day at the beach, you know, and the evening's coming, you got a campfire. And then Portamento is like, okay, campfire's out. And now we're like on the beach and we're a little bit fucked up and like you're a little hazy, like. They're definitely working within the same environment, but it's interesting too because an encyclopedia came. That one to me felt like being in an open field. I, I that one felt very like lush and green to me um, in an interesting way. But yeah, with the comps like the Beach Boys and the Joy Division, I remember Johnny mentioning that like especially in those early projects, there were never any live drums, which is why they called it the drums. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes so much so much sense but i think the other thing that was really cool about it was the like hybrid guitar slash synth slash electronic like that was another thing that just like i don't know like with straight up band music like no electronic stuff love it obviously but there's something really exciting about just getting some weird little electronic sounds in in a track especially when you got live instruments like that's always kind of magical yeah I've, I've always found it very interesting how much he talks about the influence Wendy Carlos had on him, like, you know, Moog, uh, pioneer, uh, trans woman who did, you know, the soundtrack to The Shining and like all these big iconic things. And without, you know, I wouldn't necessarily draw that con uh, connection without having explicitly been told about it. But when you think about that, it makes total sense. And like you said, it is this sort of like with the, drum, the drums in particular, this kind of facsimile of a natural drum sound, but then understanding that it's made by machines, it's like adds this different texture and a different feeling, a different vibe to, to what you're hearing. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it feels, I, I think it immediately grabs your ear because you're like, this feels so familiar, but there's like something about it that is a little different or a little queer. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, but uh, yeah, I feel like Johnny's music has always kind of, um, kind of been like that. Yeah. What, what's your favorite, what's your favorite drums project? Um, I, I think it's a pretty even split between the first two albums, but I, I, I feel like sometimes with bands, I kind of fall off after a while. There'll be a point where I'm like, and now we part company. You've drifted <laughs> too far from my vision of what you should be. And that's right, never happened. Right. It's like, I, I feel like he does a really good job of moving the sound forward, progressing, but in a way that doesn't feel like he's taking some really dramatic left turn that kind of leaves it like it's, it's not a different band that you're hearing. It's right. still, you know, there's that familiar feeling. The re the things that you want from him are still there, even though the sound is changing. Right. I mean, I'm assuming this is your favorite because that's what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, it's probably a tie between it's so hard for me to pick them. Like I, I would say at different points in my life, there is a favorite but I would say right now, it's probably a tie between Abysmal Thoughts and Portamento, probably. Yeah. But it's also like self-titled, the first one. 
it holds too much. Like I can't, I can't, it feels like I'm going through a museum of my teenage depression sometimes mm. when I listen to that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, love that museum. I hope it stays open. I never want it to close, but can't visit that museum all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's still like Down by the Water. Mm. That is one of the best songs of the 2010s to me. Like, yeah, it, it's just like one of those songs where it feels like it's been around forever. You know, like you hear a song and it's simultaneously so new, but it feels like you've been listening to this song your entire life. Right. Um, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Um, I feel like that is a lovely note to finish on. Yeah. So much fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. This, thank you for having me. Yeah. And I always say this, but I can live vicariously through someone else's joy when I need to, if people bring me things that I'm not that into, but it is so much more fun for me when I get to talk about things that, you know, I have, there's a mutual affection. Right. Like you're a bona fide drums fan. I was, yeah, yeah very pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much. This has been, this has been really great. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for the chat. Yes. Loved it. Thanks again to Jabuki for making time for me. His album, All Who Can't Hear Must Feel, is out now and available for your immediate listening pleasure. Okay, my little spark of the week is the new Jungle album, Volcano. Jungle is a band-ish. I guess musical collective is more accurate. Uh, It was founded by a couple of British DJs, and they work with lots of different artists from lots of different genres, but it's broadly dancey soul, I guess. Uh, And that's exactly what the new album is. Um, It's got some great featured artists like Channel Trace and Roots Maneuva. It's very summery, especially songs like Back on 74 and Problems. Also, the videos for Jungle songs are always these big choreographed affairs with big groups of amazing dancers, and they made a short film that's basically a visual album. So you should watch it if you're into that kind of thing, but you should definitely listen to the album because it's good. And that's about it. Please, if you haven't already, follow me on social media at Spark Parade. And if you haven't followed me already, what's the holdup, pal? Seriously. Uh, and if you're in the States, this is a long weekend, so I hope you get a chance to relax and do something fun. Actually, you know what? I hope that for you, even if you don't have Monday off. So relax and have fun, everyone. And until next time, Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.